Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music or at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. Thank you to Kelshell too, for sharing her dream. Okay, so about a week ago, I dreamt that I came to visit Meredith and Tiffany. I was literally at Meredith's house. Everyone was there. Dave, the kids, Tiffany, everyone. And us girls were all wearing bathrobes. We decided to go out, but not to get dressed. We had no clothes, barefoot, going out of the town. Tiffany got in her car with Drew and her kids. Dave got into a car with their kids. And then me and Meredith hopped in her car, a dark silver Kia. As I was getting in the car, I shouted, Tioli. (laughs) There was more after that, but I distinctly remember shouting Tioli and shutting the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> Analyze that one because I needed clothes, y'all. Love you all and can't wait until next week. Oh my gosh. I love that are people we- are now shouting Dioli like it's something. What are we doing? It is I don't know because it's nothing. I mean I literally just I didn't even know what Tioli meant when he wrote it on the script. I was like, what the f is a Tioli? <laughs> I just have a mental image of her in a robe just getting into the car and saying, Tioli! Tioli! Like an old Italian woman. It's like a, it's like a call to arms. Mm. Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, that's so funny, Kale Shell, too. That was a Thank good one. Thank you. That's a cool, interesting review, for sure. That made me laugh. I had a little laugh tear in the corner of my eye there. Thank goodness we needed it, because Meredith's mad at me. <sighs> okay. I do shout Tioli often. My husband looks at me, Tara says. We have our online guests chiming in today. I, lo- I, I don't know. I, I, I don't- it's your thing, 100%. I, mean, I should have known what it was, an acronym. But I'm looking at, when I saw it for the first time and looked at the paper, I was like, what is Tioli a new product that we're talking about? That's or? so funny. So I didn't know. And you looked at me like, how dare I not know? But I still I don't you were think, kidding. I still don't think you knew. I knew you didn't. Know. I knew. Yeah, it does mean something, right, Kimber? But you know what I mean. Like it, 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 it it's. I don't know. So any who's will McToozle. Um. So today on the show, uh, we're I'm gonna talk. Your host Meredith Masony. Oh, we didn't do that part yet. No. Okay. Well, I don't. Have do you the have script. your sheet? Yeah. No, Dave just put it up on the screen. What I, is he doing? I, he didn't print it, and then it wasn't on the screen. So how am I supposed to remember this shit? I'm yeah. your host, Meredith Masony, and I'm your host, Tiffany Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need. So any advice we give you, you can take or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we're going to talk murder shows, beauty (gasps) stereotypes, and pandemic effects on kids. All of the, that, the first half of that list sounds so much fun. Mm. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, today we have Sammy from Colorado opening things up for us. Mm. Be sure to call us at 315-834-2696 so you can open the show for us. Hello, number one globally rated podcast in all the universe. My name is Sammy, and I'm from Colorado. I have two beautiful daughters. One is four years old, and one is two months. 
Let's open the show with a mom-down moment, shall we? We're all here because we have struggled as moms, and anyone that says they haven't is a total and complete liebagger. Thank you, beautiful ladies, for being a part of my mom tribe. I couldn't do it without you. Oh, we love you. I'm so. <clears throat> she has a little baby too, two months old. I know. Oh, little sorry. squishy toes and faces. So I don't know whose turn it is. For what? I feel like for the mom fail. I feel like oh. it's always my turn. I tell. How about the fact that you've not seen your kids in over a week? Okay, that is abrupt and t- t- true. You said it to me, so I was okay. just gonna, you know, maybe that's. Thank you mm-hmm. for the suggestion. <laughs> I was trying to think of one to, for you, but I don't have any. Um, so, yeah, I've been a very, um, I would call it a neglectful mother, but my husband doesn't. No. Um, I would call it that. Um, I at, Last week I went to the hotel to write. I went from not having a book deadline to t- having one. Um, for the first manuscript. And so I'm panic writing and I've, I've rewritten it three times. And um, I went to the hotel last week to write and I thought I was done. And then I found out I had to add 15,000 more words minimum. And instead of just writing those words, I decided to rewrite the entire book because my brain is an all or nothing kind of brain. I can't explain it. So from sunup to way past sundown every day this week, I have been locked in the office just writing. I mean, from the time from eight in the morning to 11 o'clock at night writing. I haven't checked my emails. I haven't checked my text messages. I haven't called a single family member. I've just been writing this story. And to be honest with you, I feel like there's some kind of otherworldly thing going on because the flow has not stopped. Like, it's just been consecutive. Just it's like the whole entire book is here and I'm just putting it here. There's no confusion. There's no nothing. It's a very weird thing that's going on. But my kids come into the office and say, you know, beg me. They're like, mommy, can you please play with me? I haven't seen you all day. Um, and I feel like last night I went and I played Polly Pocket with Chloe upstairs because she said, mommy, you know, you don't have to work, right? Mm. And I was like, no, I do. I have to work. And she said, is your work more important than me? And I was like, mother, what what do you want? I'll buy you a pony. What? No, it's not. And I feel like I keep saying I'm working. I'm doing something important for their benefit. Ultimately, in my head is how I'm justifying it. But the truth of the matter is they don't give a shit about a book. They don't give a shit about having money in their teenage years. They need their mom now. And I am not giving that to them. And they're going to remember that I was always either sleeping or in the office working and not spending time with them. That's what they're going to remember. Because my mom busted her butt. She was a bartender and a DJ and she worked nights. And so she slept all day long. And my sister and I were on our own. And when I think back to my childhood, that is all I remember. That's it. I remember being on my own and her sleeping. That's my memory of her. And it breaks my heart because I know that there was so much more that she did for us. But I can't remember any of it. Because the sleeping during the day was so much more prevalent. So there's... I feel like I'm failing is right. But I, I mean, 
this part where you've been writing this book has only been for the last several weeks. And, you know, it's a blip. It's a blip in time. You spend a ton of time with your kids. And right now that blip is necessary that you be working. And it's a struggle to try and do this from home with small children, but it is what it is. And that has to get done. And you do have a deadline and you do have things that are required of you. And that work does pay for their bills and healthcare and the roof over their head. And they can, they don't understand it, but they are going to remember how hard their mom worked. I so hope they will. Thank for you. For Sherzy's McTurzy's. My, if it wasn't for my husband, there's no, he has stepped up. Like I can't even put it into words. I'm so grateful for him. He has taken care of every single other thing, cooking, cleaning, picking the kids up, driving them every single thing so that all I have to do is focus on working. Well, that's good. uh, Yeah. It's a very great blessing and quite the interesting role reversal. Oh, I think it's great. And, um, you know, he knows how important this next book is. So it's good. Yeah. Well, I, you always make me feel better about my mom fails. So it's, thank well, you. That's not a fail. That's life. And just so everybody knows I was up to like 4am writing and I completely overslept for the podcast by a lot. So if I, if I look disheveled and things are chaotic, it's my, me, sorry. Totally. Okay. So, um, I thought we could talk today about, um, Murder shows. Say less. Uh, beauty standards that are pretty much BS. And um, a study that they did on children with ADHD during the pandemic, which struck with me because Brian is so ADHD. So I thought, you know, there, there are tons of parents out there who have kids. Um, thank you for finding that. these topics. You're amazing. I know. Thank you. So... <laughs> I don't I'm know. sucking up to Meredith all day today so that she loves me again. I don't know if you watch SNL at all or if you just watch like this. They're coming back. They're 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 they've been they've been really yep. stellar lately. And this mm-hmm. sketch that they did about murder shows the other night with Nick Jonas as the guest. He wasn't really even in the sketch, but a little bit in the beginning and the end. But he was the guest host or whatever. Um, but they have this skit where he's getting ready to leave and his wife is on the couch and he's like all right I'm gonna be gone all night what are you gonna do and she's like I don't know finish up some work do some emails or whatever and then just you know lounge and then he leaves and she turns and these women start singing um about how they're getting ready to watch a murder show a murder show gonna watch my murder show you know and it just the the lyrics are hysterical but the the thing that got me about this skit was that it was accurate as like 100% act like all I want to do when I sit down and turn on the TV is look for murder shows and true crime true crime dramas really I love them I want to watch them all the time it's been a thing for years for me really oh I love Dateline was one of my most favorite shows ever like who got killed who's stalking on who do you watch scary movies no, can't stand scary I didn't, movies. I didn't think so. No, but I like true crime drama. There's a difference. Scary movies I don't like 
because if the scary movie entails ghosts or otherworldly spirits or demonic possession, I'm out. Okay. So you that's murder it. You, some people? What about cool. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, I don't like that. That's different. How? Because I like the I like the murder shows because they you like it happening the, to real people. No, I like the I like how they document and give the story and they give the facts behind it and they talk about like the police investigation and how they put it all together. I don't like nonsensical violent crimes portrayed via Hollywood. I mm. like the pieces of the puzzle and like, how did this happen? Like I told you a, uh, about a month or so ago when Night Stalker was trending on Netflix, I put that on and my son and I watched it, my oldest, my high schooler. And that was so scary. Like they detailed it. They were like day one of when they, they saw the first crime, like the first murder um, and realized after 130 some odd days that, this crime spree went on. There were days, many crimes that he was linked to prior to their day one, right? Like this had gone on for so long and he had murdered so many people and broke into so many homes. And the fact that he was so random. Yeah. Like the night stalker, it didn't, it didn't matter. I'm just, I'm going in a window and I'm going to see who I can kill tonight. Like there was no planning or whatever. It was just, this I haven't random, seen it. Oh my gosh. I was, I couldn't sleep for three, four nights. I just kept kept getting up in the middle of the night and checking my windows and locking my right doors. because you want you want to think that when these things happen it's either somebody who's angry over something or like a family member or somebody you know the idea of randomly getting killed for no reason by a complete stranger who feels no remorse for no reason is terrifying mm-hmm. because I feel like I could talk someone out of murdering me if I wanted to. Mm. Like in my head, I like to think that like, oh. hey, let's put the knife down. Let's talk about this, pal. Do you want to, do you want an ice cream sandwich? Pal? Let's talk. Yeah. Pal. Like I feel like if I had to, I could do that. Okay. But somebody who has no feelings or emotions. Right. There's no talking to him. I'm dead. But what I, my question is. Why is this skit so relevant? Why do so many women love true crime and murder shows? And the and in the skit, they're like, I want a high body count. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Give me 11, give me 12, give me the... And it's like, it's sick and twisted, but it's true. Like, we're watching these things and we want to see this. And then we think we're detectives. And like we're qualified to solve these cold cases and these mm-hmm. murder mysteries. Like we, oh, did you not see that gas station attendant? Shady AF. Like somebody yeah. needs to go quit. Like we think that we are like they, they had detectives working this case for three years. And now it's been brought up after 25 years of being cold. But we are going to solve it in our jam jams. Yeah. On a Netflix binge. Like I don't yeah. I don't know why it's it's such a thing, but it's true. I, I don't well, know why. Sorry, Tiffany. I, I remember no, okay. when we watched the Ted Bundy one. Oh, the tapes. Ted he Bundy had tapes, yeah. he had such a following. All these fans, they, they these all these women were swooning all over him about him. And it was like he's literally targeting women. And I just I never understood that component of it. Yeah, there are definitely people who are turned on by psychopaths, which is a whole nother story. Right. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm not talking about the sexual attraction that some women have because they become groupies. They write to them in prison. It's this whole following. It becomes very cult-esque. Chris Watts gets like 30 letters a day from women. Is that the guy who killed his wife and kids? Yep. (gasps) And see, and those are hard to watch, but I still watch them. I can't do the ones with kids. Anytime a kid is involved, but I watched, I watched that one. I remember watching that one. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that part of it at all, but I'm telling you, um, there's something. I have different opinions about it. I feel like it's become trendy Mm. to talk about it and make memes about it. Like I'm not like other girls. I like to wear leggings and watch murder shows. And it becomes like this thing. Um, And I feel, I read somewhere that people with anxiety like to watch these shows because there is like a problem and then a definitive answer. Like it always has a resolution. And I don't remember the exact article about it, but they did some kind of study. And for me, it's totally a psychological thing. I'm so intrigued by humans in general. I love reading people. I love people watching. And A, part of my anxiety thinks that by watching these, it'll help me be better prepared in these situations. It'll help me know what to look out for. It'll help me know the what's inside these killers' heads so that I can prepare myself for an incoming murder. But also, I think part of us... Um, is very interested in human psychology and just likes to hear about things that we can't in any way, shape or form relate to and why these people feel inclined to do the things they do. Like my strange addiction, that show is wildly popular and it's because all of us were like, what, where, when, why, what? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I just, I mean, I was, I remember being in a little kid elementary and middle school watching dateline nbc mm-hmm. and like investigation discovery wait and why were your parents shows. letting you watch that my parents weren't around they were never home and True. i could watch anything i wanted on tv so i remember watching tons of these shows and then not sleeping so now i get the <laughs> the correlation but yeah. like i can't vacuum in my house with my back to the door because I know that that's the moment that the killer is going to break in and I won't hear them because the vacuum is on and I will be with my back to them and they'll be able to run and murder me, you know, with a piece of wire, piano wire or something, you know, like it'll have to be something interesting, like piano wire or something. But I can never vacuum with my back to a door. So I vacuum face forward to the front door. And then when I get to the back door, I, f- I face the back door. But in my head, I know the front door is behind me now so I have to I have to vacuum really quickly around those parts and then I have to flip around yeah like that's literally how I am in my house like making sure it's always in your head always doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing I'm always looking okay where where could they come from are they coming from under the car are they in the back seat yeah you know so it's I was talking to my therapist about this yeah it's a thing and the problem is I I was explaining it to him I'm like yeah and so at night, I you know, I can't sleep if it's silent in the room or if somebody's snoring. So I have to dang Karen, don't put that in her head. So it's I cordless. have to it's cordless. <laughs> um listen to something. I'm like and so, you know, I listen to either 
police interrogations or um, true crime. And he's like, hold on, I'm sorry. What? And I was like, yeah, I just, the sound of Keith Morrison's voice is so soothing. And he's like, do you um, understand that this is being implanted into your subconscious every night while you sleep? And so then when you're awake, the these thoughts are in your head constantly, these dark, scary thoughts. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. See, I He's like, I can't help you if you're not willing to help yourself, lady. Like, Yeah, I don't do that. I do like sleep stories like on those apps that they, where they just tell you stories and they have those soothing voices. I have used those and uh, lots of sounds like sleep sounds like waterfalls and wind going through the forest and the trees and nature sounds and things like that. Like that I'm a fan of it at bedtime, but no, I'm not going to listen to true crime garage at night. I think that is definitely a problem a problem that you need can't to stop, stop doing that. But I do watch these murder shows right up to bed, which I should stop doing at 1 a.m. Because then I sit like a meerkat on the couch, like looking around <laughs> like a meerkat. Uh, uh, oh, man. You do resemble. I do look like a meerkat. No, you resemble. Yeah. When you do that, yeah. you totally resemble. I'm a little them. meerkatty. Um, but it, it's, it's just this, it, like, I, I don't know. I'm just drawn to these mystery. Like, as a kid, I loved um, Unsolved Mysteries. And when oh, they yeah. did the reboot, when they did the reboot, um, you know, the first season was pretty good. But the second one, I was like, come on, you need to find better ones than this. Like, they were a little stinky. There's a second season? There was. I went back on. There were or new episodes added to the first season. I don't know. But I, I've seen everything that they have that's been in the reboot. And I was not, like, some of the episodes were stanky. And I was like, no. I enjoyed watching them. But then I'd get to the end and remember that there's no conclusion. And I hated it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I'm you know, there's this case. Sorry. Were you going to say something? No. Did I interrupt you? No. I tend to get excited about things which that I shouldn't. So there's this case, and I forget what it's called. There's like a name for the case itself, but there's these two girls. They're super young, maybe 11 and 12, and the, it's the Snapchat uh, murder case. So they went to this bridge or whatever. They were waiting for the dad to pick them up. They disappeared and some people had screenshotted their stories on Snapchat because they got a video of what people believe to be the murder coming up this bridge. It's like in the forest, nobody else is around, you know, or maybe it's train tracks, but nobody's around at all. And then there's this guy. And then another story has a sound clip of him saying down the hill and it's super quick, but it's so down the hill. Down, and so internet sleuths have uh, pieced together that these girls were aware that they were in danger. And so they recorded the man's voice and the man's thing. But after all these years, it hasn't been solved. When there's a clear picture of the guy, nobody can solve it. So this kid came forward and said, the man in the video is my father. Here's proof. Here's pictures of him. And here's his voice. And he abused me. And the police aren't doing anything about it, I guess. Even though this, there's screenshots that exist of this kid like screaming out on the internet. My dad's the one who did it. But my point is, internet sleuths, people in their pajamas from their couch, 
are single-handedly getting making more progress on the case than the police have since it happened. Where did this take place? I sh- I'm not sure, but it's super quick to find. Is this the Delphi murders? Yep. Did somebody say it? Yeah, I saw it in the comments, but I heard about that. But I didn't look at yep. that one yet. But I just saw a documentary on that. Is that already on a, on TV? Is there, are there already documentaries about that? Because I feel like I saw that on one of the streaming services. Uh, not that I'm aware of, unless it's new, but also like YouTube channels do documentaries and stories about these. It, there might be. Um, this is from Indiana. Say it again. From Indiana. Yeah. So, and you can actually find kid this kid. I'm assuming he's a kid. He's like younger, teenager, maybe early twenties. I don't know. But he is like saying, under all of the news articles that people post, he writes and he's like, "Why did you do this, Dad? When are you going to come forward?" And tags him and posts pictures of his dad and stuff. It's why, and that's a new revelation. That's new. Um. So I'm interested to see what's going to come of it. I'm just. In so so many cases, they and I, you know, nothing against the police department, but it, they haven't even stated we've contacted the man in the video and have eliminated him as a potential suspect. They haven't even contacted anyone, the guy, and confirmed that he isn't the suspect. I don't know what's going on, but it's easy for me to sit here and say I have no clue what they're doing in regards to the case. So yeah, well, you you summed it up pretty well. I just I just read through real quick. They were out for a walk on the Delphi Historic Trails on February 13th, 2017, when investigators say they were approached by an unknown man. The girls' bodies were found the next day in the woods about a mile off the main trail. All these years later, police still have not given many details about the case uh, or the cause of death to protect the case. In 2019, Indiana State Police released an update release an updated sketch of the suspect the composite looked nothing like a previous sketch which had which had been the face of the investigation for two years um abby's mom was like wait a minute now we have to start all over how do we know that this sketch is the right sketch right so um but they did say that there was this new audio clip of uh from from the phone where the man's voice was saying down the hill down the hill and that that audio clip has been released by the police for people to say if you notice or recognize this voice contact us but it doesn't say anything about the kid that you're talking about who's says it's his dad it's probably it's probably i don't think an official news outlet would report on it per se because it's hearsay yeah i would think that they would but um it's people it's people of the internet who are screenshotting this guy's comments in all these articles and sharing it on TikTok and Yeah, HLN has a documentary Down the Hill, the Delphi Murders podcast. Oof, I hate that Down the Hill. It gives me chills. Yeah, that's there's a there's a, a full podcast on this. 50,000 tips later, it's still a mystery that haunts the small town of Delphi, Indiana. Yeah. Even if you put like guy claims his father is guilty of Delphi murders. It, it's you can't find find mm. anything. Guys down the hill. Is that what he said? I don't know. I never heard the guys part until just now. 
Will you do it one more time? That wasn't the it. grainy image expect in this is today. Speak on a hiking world, Abigail Williams. He is saying guys, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. Can yeah. you imagine? Nope, I don't want to either. But that is, that's the whole thing. It's like we watch this stuff. And I think maybe it's part of being a mom or a woman who just, you want to help people too. You want to find some resolution for these things. You know? Well, that makes sense for unsolved, but like self crimes, what are we going to do to help? It's pure morbid curiosity. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I just. About the unsolved stuff. Yeah, it's weird. It's very, very weird. There's a couple of unsolved cases that stress me out. This lady got a whole, she was getting a ride from somebody and on the phone with her brother in jail and the whole call was recorded when the guy took her completely off route and she was never seen again. And she's like, where are you taking me? And he's talking in the background the whole time and they've released his voice, but. Nobody's recognized it. And I think about it all the time. If one of my f- friends did something like that and they had a whole 10 minutes worth of his voice, I feel like I would recognize it, especially if it was a relative or a family member. Yeah. But nobody's come forward. Anyway, yeah, it's very, you. it's just, I don't know. It's intriguing. Yeah, it is. It's, and I, it, there have been, there have been quite a few cases that have been solved by these pajama sleuths. Yeah, cats. F murder cats. What is it? Don't F with cats. Yeah. Not F murder cats. No, that's weird. That's, 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 I think that's a band. Um, is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, so moving on to an entirely different topic. Um, I saw this the other day. Um, it was a side-by-side photo of Kendall Jenner in a teeny tiny bikini and... Allison Carson, who is a 19 year, who is the first 19 year old female to pass all of NASA's aerospace tests and they're placed side by side and you're looking at the one of Kendall Jenner, 70, no, 98% naked. And then you're looking at this 19 year old woman who's in a NASA jumpsuit and you're looking at the comments and the shares and the likes of each. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not to knock the fact that Ken- Kendall Jenner has amassed an amazing business empire. Clearly, she um, has brains behind the 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 beauty because she has figured out how to turn what she has created into this big empire. But as a mom of a twelve year old. I want her to look at the 19-year-old female astronaut and be like, hey, this woman's dream is to be one of the first people to live on Mars, to habitate, you know, to, to create a habitat on Mars. Like, let's follow her lead, not the 98% naked Kendall Jenner's lead. And some people will disagree with that and say that I'm, um, you know, throwing shade at Kendall Jenner, but I'm not. What I'm trying to say is why as a society do we put so much emphasis on the, the, the female form and not what the female form is capable of doing, like mm. potentially being the first person on Mars to create a habitat. Like, Whoa, wait, put that on a quote. 
why is this society do we focus so much as the female form and not rewind it? Whatever you what said, it was very form profound. Can accomplish and to me, yeah. I, you know, I think that posting number one, posting those those constantly posting those images sets up this standard that once again, 99.9% of people can't attain, but then think they should be trying to attain it. And you can't because that's a genetic anomaly. If you ask me looking like that. Um, and, and it shouldn't be the standard it is, it is, but it shouldn't be because normal people look like us. Okay. Mm -hmm. We, we are the normal people. I'm sorry to fill you in. Speak for yourself, Mary. Okay. But we, you know, like that's to me, let's talk about what can be accomplished and why that's so important to stress to our daughters. Mind you, it's women's history month. Um, and not why I pulled this story, but it fits. So let's talk about the fact that these, that this 19 year old female has this Alison Carson it, it is amazing and she's extremely intelligent and you know do you do you want you know let's talk to our daughters about the fact that, hey do you want to do you want to join NASA do you want to see if you can be the next aerospace mars technician do you want to boring why is that boring it, not to me but who's talking about that in the world like, what do you think is going to get you more brownie points from your friends? You wanting to be an aerospace engineer or you putting a bikini on and doing a TikTok dance? Like, engagement Well, that's, is the and most... That's, okay, and so that's the next part. You went right into it, so thank you. Kendall Jenner is an international supermodel who has 153 million Instagram followers. Allison Carson is an astronaut hopeful... She has 462,000 followers on Instagram, which is a substantial following mm -hmm. for anyone. But let's look at the, let's look at the valley of, of uh, what's the right term. Let's look at the difference between 153 million followers and 462,000 followers. And on Kendall's Kendall Jenner's post, there was over 700 and something thousand comments. And on Allison Jenner's post, there were a few thousand. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. No, it didn't surprise me Because either. what can you say? What can you say about Allison's photo? Great job. How inspiring. You're so brave. That's amazing. What can you say on Kendall's? You're fat. You're skinny. You're ugly. You're beautiful. You're a legend. You need to go crawl into a hole. There's so much more that can be said and what the more popularity it gets, the more people want to be a part of it somehow, even if it's just leaving their footprint in a comment. Yeah. So um, Kent Kendall's photo shoot pic picture, I'm sorry, garnered 78,000 comments on Instagram, calling her the perfect dream girl. So hot, total perfection. Her sister, Chloe, commented, I just don't even understand. How are you a living human? You're so stunning. I can't even take it. Did you say human? Human. That's what Chloe Kardashian said to you her. You said human, and that I feel like that's how it's supposed to be said. Human? Human. Human. Yeah, without pronouncing the... Anyway, go ahead. Um, the, I think a lot of it also was speculation. People going back and forth about whether 
<laughs> Kendra said, yeah, but why not wear a bikini and go to Mars? <laughs> now you're on to something. Okay. I, I feel like people were speculating. I don't know if that's the proper climate for a bikini, but I'll check the weather. You would love to. I would. Uh, um, whether or not it was photoshopped. There was some whispers that her Kendall's photos was photoshopped and that it's scientifically impossible for somebody's legs to be that long. And um, uh, I've she has gotten in trouble in the past for it. She's photoshopped things. I think probably every single model thing. or like those types of oh. things have probably been photoshopped after or after touched or whatever they're called. Um, which also leads into the whole, like, we're not meant to look like that because nobody actually looks like that. It's genetically impossible. Um, but at the same time, uh, there, there was this, um, the story that was written up and they said, quote, our society seems to be getting shallower by the second by putting a certain standard of beauty above all else and making the implicit suggestion that if you don't look that way, no matter what else you have going for you, you're worthless. There are hosts of studies showing how women have lower self-esteem while trying to reach the standard of beauty that are being portrayed in our society. And unfortunately, I think that's true. And I think it's affecting our children are uh, our, our girls so much because of platforms like TikTok and Instagram and and with the way they're portrayed and the images of beauty that are expected it's so hard for them i mean it was it was hard for us i feel like when you're looking at TV and in magazines and now it's been ramped up because not only is it in TV and magazines but it's on every social media platform and it's in every space that you're in and you're being told, yeah. look this way, weigh this much, act this way, dress like this. Um, you know, don't eat that, eat this, or don't eat at all, or whatever. And these poor mm -hmm. kids, you know, which is why when I've been talking about this health journey that I've been on to try and just, as I'm aging and my body is changing and I'm starting to go through menopause and I've put on this weight and I'm trying to figure out how to be healthy and do that and what I can actually attain while being healthy I've been taking these pictures and showing like hey this is what a 40 year old stomach looks like that's birthed three kids and had seven surgeries and um you know eats you know like this is why carbs hate me because I ingest them now and they're just sit with me forever because my metabolism is crap and I'm aging and this is life now right like yeah. this is what it is but take you know but this is real. Like, this is what it is. This is what I ate today. This is how far I ran today. And the fact that I've been doing this since December and I can't, I set a goal for myself that the app told me I was supposed to attain already and I've not done it. Mm. And I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I don't think I'll ever get to what the app is telling me I can get to. And that's okay. Yeah. I feel I better. Had, um, that's all that matters. Yeah. Is that you feel good. Yeah, that's what I've been talking about more is that, no, I don't think I'm ever going to get to the 132 or the 135, but I feel better. feel better at 139. Yes. You know, I'm feeling better. I'm back to 212. Anyway, um, I had a news company program, whatever person reached out to me yesterday to interview me because once a month I post on Instagram a picture of me. <laughs> yeah before I start doing my makeup and then what it looks like when I'm done and I put them side by side and I'm like, just your monthly reminder that um, if you compared yourself to someone on social media today, these pictures were taken an hour apart. Yep. 
And I think it's important because in the right, I'm not necessarily wearing a bunch of makeup. I just look normal, but I look, you know, pretty, some would say. Yeah. But but even, but you don't realize how much work actually goes into even these natural looking photos. And so it was very important for me to show that. And uh, the news company was like, what do you think of today's beauty standards? And I'm like, listen, these girls are comparing themselves to robots, computer generated images. Mm -hmm. It's not even a fair fight. It's not real. And so I think that once you put your real face out there and you're just who you are, then it's free. You don't have to pretend to be something you're not. You don't have to go in with After Effects and change your body around to keep up this image. And it's not going to matter, dude. We're all going to be weird, wrinkly, hobbly-bobbly old people if we're lucky enough. And the only thing we're going to have left is what's on the inside. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I don't... That's one of the reasons why I chose from the beginning to not filter my photos. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't filter my photos and we had this argument, my husband and I, and he's like, Instagram is supposed to look clean. clean I know. I think about it all the time. And it's supposed to be a certain way. And that's what it is. It's, it's, um, what is the word you always used to say? Aesthetic. It's, it's, um, what was it? Curated. He's like, Instagram is supposed to be curated. It's a platform for curation. And I'm like, I did curate it. I curated it with a bunch of unfiltered photos of myself where everything is a mess and this is life. And that's how I chose to do it. And that's how I continue to do it. And I actually did that the other day. I took a picture of me um, doing my ab workout and I was doing my glute exercises and I looked down and my skin is sagging and it's all scrunched up in my stomach area. And so I snapped a picture and then I laid down and I looked down and I went, Oh, looks good with gravity pulling it this way. Let me snap the picture. And I did put them next to each other. And I said, this picture is my stomach three seconds earlier. And here it is when I flipped over and it's like, this is, this is what this actually looks like. And it's, it's supposed to look like that. Like stuff like is, that is going to change the world. It is supposed to look like that. So the filters, I don't, you know, like I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm personally not a fan of filters because I don't look like that. That's not my face. This is my face. And mm-hmm. my face is fine for this photo because it's my fucking face. Preach. So, and the reason that I post it and people say like, wouldn't hurt if you did your hair, wouldn't hurt if you took a shower, wouldn't hurt if you got dressed. And it's like, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt. I don't think I'd be in pain. I don't think I'd physically be in pain, but that's, I, this is who I am and this is what I'm comfortable with. And so I'm going to put that out into the world because I want you to know that that unfiltered rawness is really what the norm is it's the small it's the small amount of filtered things that we see that we then believe that's what I'm supposed to look like yeah you know so I just thought up you know for a little bit of a debate here and here's the thing do do I do I love things that look pretty absolutely our eye is drawn to it we like things that look a certain way that are symmetrical and colorful and pretty and whatever and that's great to look at, but that doesn't mean that's what it's always supposed to be. But I think that's the problem is who determines the definition of what pretty is. Uh, my dog has been very gassy lately. So, I don't some, know what's happening. Symmetrical may be what you consider pretty, but some people like chaos and abstract. They find sure. that, you know, and sure. so that's what I love. Are you being sarcastic? A little bit. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, Dave, I'm not, you, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, and that's why it's so hard to determine Yeah. because 
one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree that with that. That goes for faces. I agree with that. So that's why I'm always, you know, um, well, it's it's another reason that I don't allow social media platforms for my children prior to high school. Um, you know, and I will catch Sophia with my iPad and she'll be on TikTok. And she's not allowed to post, but she'll watch clips because I have I have it on my iPad so that I can upload things. And um, I will, you know, I'll always tell her, you don't, we don't put, we don't have to put a filter on it. It looks, exa- it looks exactly the way it's supposed to. That's how it was recorded. This is what it looks like. This is what it's supposed to be. It's fine. You don't have to. I know that there are some people who will say it's fun to play with the filters and whatever. I'm to- like, I'm cool with that as well. What I'm saying is preface it with a conversation with your kids when about go- why the filter isn't necessary. And it's that's a- not even just the filter. People are changing the structure of their face in these filters. Right, right. That's why I'm saying you really and the, you really have to have a conversation. All I'm yeah. saying is you really have to have a conversation with your kids if you're going to allow them to have something as powerful as social media in their hands to say, let's take a hot minute to talk about why you are great exactly the way you are. And yep. this is totally you, the way you look is wonderful. And here are some reasons why. And let's talk about the fact that you're very smart and you're an organized individual and you like to make, you know, you like, you know, Sophia has a daily planner and she likes to write things in it and she likes to stay organized and she's a list maker and she's very creative and she's loving to her guinea pigs. And this is, these are the reasons why you're wonderful, not because you have really curly, pretty hair but you're wonderful because you're empathetic and you take care of people and you're a good, um, you're sometimes a good sister. (laughs) Sometimes you're very mean, but that's every sister is sometimes a good sister and sometimes not. Um, so it's all, it's this, this, all of these things. So it's those conversations, right? Like, so I saw that picture and I thought there was some merit to having a conversation with that about that. Thanks. Um, and moving on, if you are a parent of a child with ADHD during this pandemic, I feel you, I am you, I'm with you. And I too am exhausted because if you have a kid with ADHD or you suffer with ADHD, uh, you know what it is like to feel like you are being run by a motor and do not have the ability to shut that motor off. And what that looks like and what it feels like and what it is to parent that. And it's exhausting. Um, But I read this article, a clinical psychologist, Maggie Silby, was talking about the impact on coronavirus pandemic in kids and adolescents with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. She worries most about older teens who could potentially drop out of high school because what they have found now is children or young adults who have ADHD and then are thrust into this type of a stressful situation, it is a trigger for depression because they feel like they can't do the things that they need to do. That whole idea of being run by a motor Mm -hmm. and then being told, no, you can't go out, go out and play with those other kids or no, you can't attend that function or no, you can't do your activity that you're used to doing, which like Brian plays soccer flag football this that and it's like we've kept him out of sports for a full year it's like the kid has to go right right if you tell him he needs to stay inside and here's the other thing if you tell matthias you need to stay inside and play video games 
He'll sit down. He'll play video games for the next eight hours. Yeah. If you tell Brian he needs to sit down and play video games, after 15 minutes of the game, he's rocking. He's bouncing. Wow. He's throwing things. He, he, he can't. He's not, he's not my kid. Does he like a video game? Sure. But he's not my kid who's going to sit and play a video game or sit and watch. A, the only thing the kid will sit and watch, and I, to this day I don't understand it, are why kids watch these YouTubers. What kind of YouTubers? Anything. They're all idiots. I hate them all. My enti- my yeah. TV is constantly being... Pl- they're constantly playing YouTube clips of idiots in Costco. We're hiding out after dark and we're going to build forts in the Costco shelves. You must be talking and, about and nobody unspeakable. nobody knows we're here. And it's like, everybody knows you're there. Clearly, Costco lets you in. Stop lying to my children so that they can yeah. devise a plan to break into a Costco and build forts. 100%. This is stupid. Stop it. With 900 million subscribers. I know. F***ing A. Bastards. They are bastards. Um, but they're saying that uh, nationally there's been data release showing that there has been an increase of people coming in um, and being diagnosed with ADHD um, and asking about medication now since being in the pandemic and saying, I need, yes, I have ADHD and I've been controlling it otherwise, but since the pandemic... I need something because I'm not, I'm not functioning well. And that's right. obviously as a result of sports being taken away, other things that are going on that are causing these problems for these kids. And it's so, it is so hard. There's no normal school setting anymore. Yeah. Reese, recess looks different. Cafeteria time looks different. They're not going to specials. They're on a hybrid program where they're not back to school at all. I mean, Brian would finish his school. Now I say finish. He wasn't actually doing his schoolwork when he was virtual. He would quote unquote finish his schoolwork in the first five minutes of the day. And then wow. we'd find him bouncing around in every other room of the house or out in the garage on a scooter going in a circle And it's like, get back to the computer and do your work. I did my work already. You didn't do any of the work. The teacher just emailed me, said nothing got turned in. Go back. I did it. And he's bouncing. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. And it's like, well, we have to submit it. You did it, but you didn't turn it in. Mm. Uh, You know, and it's, it's so. That's so tough. Lack of structure for these kids has been so hard. Teaching kids how to stay focused who are ADHD during this time is just like, what, what are they? What's that saying? Um brushing your teeth while you're eating Oreos. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just too much. It's, it, it's too much. So I just, I just want to tell you that if you're going through these things and you're feeling this type of way, you're not alone. Um, talk to your doctor, talk to your child's therapist. We've been, uh, we actually just had our, um, testing series done with Brian last week, Wednesday, uh, and so we're waiting to get back some results on that and figuring out, figuring out our next step in our behavioral plan. But it this year has been probably the hardest year mm. outside of toddler dumb, which was really hard um, yeah. with him. It was this has been this has been a year ADHD. Whether you're an adult, a teen, or or um. A, a young kid, this has been a hard year for, for people who are suffering with that. Obviously with depression, with other types of mental illness, it is tough. Yeah. I think it's, I'm glad you talked about it. I'm sure some people needed to hear it. And, and I'm just saying, reach out, reach out to your therapist. We've been uh, having tons of communication with our pediatrician and with our behavioral therapists and with the doctors that are working with Brian right now with these types of things and us, because we need as much help as he does. 
because we don't have any answers. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just trying to figure out like what's next. What's next? What, what do we do now? And right. one thing that we did, and I, I didn't, I couldn't even believe that Dave agreed to it. He signed back up for soccer. Mm. So he starts practice uh, this Friday. That's good. It is. I hope that makes a change I, in the household. I think it will. It's going to, I mean, he's outside every day after school anyway. The kid does not come in until it's dark and I'm screaming down the street. But yeah. um, it'll be good for him to have some organization with that outside time. Because right. right now it's just get on your bike and ride until you're so tired. Yeah. You need to yeah. come inside. So any hoozle. So that, um, that was a range of topics today. It was very interesting. Range. From murder to letting your kids ride their bike by themselves in the neighborhood. Oh, wow. I could never. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> oh, wow. Way to tie that up with a bow. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sorry, just kidding. Um, I I think you guys made a joke that if somebody ever did try to take Brian, like 30 minutes later, they'd be back at the house. Like, <laughs> hey, sorry for the confusion. We changed our minds. Brian, I love, you know, he's he's such a he's such a little comedian. But the kid just it's like he has we joke that he's the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, that's got to be a lot as a parent. What was that? What'd you say? A Energizer Bunny on methamphetamines, like <laughs> not just the Energizer Bunny, but let's uh, let's throw in some of the blue stuff that Walter White cooks up because <laughs> holy guacamole! Well, thank you uh, for sharing, and thank you so much to everybody for listening. Make sure that you join us next week for another episode of Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms. Who have no idea idea what what we're we're doing. doing. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye.